Hi there, I'm Kathy Valentin, and this is the Good, the God, and the Ugly podcast, where we're talking about the good, the God, and the ugly moments of life. Life is just full of ups and downs, but there's a treasure to be found in every challenge. Join me as I talk with people that have impacted my life, those who have found a treasure in a challenge, or whom simply I just love and want you to meet. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Good, the God, and the Ugly podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to have my hubby, Chris Fallison, with me. And we're going to take you all the way back to the beginning. Not the beginning of time, but the beginning of our time together. So we're talking about some of our most treasured moments together and how to cultivate healthy, lasting marriage, even in the storms of life. So this is going to be it. I'm going to ask you some questions, and you're going to start doing the answers, and then you're going to ask me some questions. Okay. That's kind of the format we have here. So you remember our first day? How do you remember that? When How do you first, remember the first day when we that first we first met? met? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I can remember um, we were at Clear Lake, California, and we oh. used to go camping there for two weeks every year from the time I was like six years old. And I remember going out to the water, to the, the dock, and seeing this new guy that I had never seen before. And <laughs> I'm a boy watcher. Oh, keep going. Sorry. Just giving you a little background music. <laughs> Normally, you know, the same the same campground had the same people every year, year after year. We it was kind of like this big camping family reunion. And he um with, turned out to be Chris. Yeah. Was working on a boat with his friend Gary. And gosh, you must have been working on that boat for hours because I wanted to watch you. And so I laid, <laughs> I was laying on a raft in the sun. And, and, and you I were think it was 12 mid-June. years old. Yeah, I was 12. Actually, it was mid-July, so it was really hot. And I must have laid out on that water for three hours, and I burnt to a crisp. I was so red. And so that was my first sight of you. And then that evening, you came and found me at camp. Yeah. And I think we went out to ice cream with the, I can't even remember. With our friends. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, it was. So for you, it was like love at first sight or something like that. Enough to get burnt to a crisp over. Lust at first sight or something. Lust at first sight. Yeah. That's cool. I remember you laying out. It was definitely a great interest at first sight. I remember you laying on that raft too. That was, she was like, she was 12, but she was looking 18. She uh, was, she had all the, all the body parts uh, going uh, on right uh, there. Uh, uh, and she was in a bikini, so it was exposed. But I had a girlfriend, so I was like. What were you doing looking at I mean? wasn't fishing. I was just looking. I wasn't like buying. I was just shopping. You know what I'm saying? I you was just 15. like window shopping. You were 15. I was 15 too. Yeah. You were really young. And so fast forward like. It ends in five years later, we got married. <laughs> We're fast forwarding through that. was a that. real fast forward. That was a real fast forward. That's right. I I, uh, I think we've told the story so many times, but you, I left my coat there or something, and you figured out a way to find where I live because you didn't have my address. And uh, you brought the coat back to me, called, called uh, found my phone number. Yeah, your grandma handed yeah, it. Yeah, and, uh, and ended up coming to my house. Uh, my mom greeted you at the door. I yeah. still remember this, like it, this part was yesterday. And uh, you guys had a conversation, four or five minute conversation. And then my mom's like, Kathy's here. And I came to the front door and we exchanged the coats. That and- was so awkward because your mom was there and my parents were there waiting in the car. And 
Yeah. I still remember that like it was yesterday. My goodness, that was 50 years ago. It was. Um, my When you left, my mom said, that's the marrying kind. <laughs> this famous statement, I, I, I've heard it repeated many times after we shared it, but that's the marrying kind. And I said to my mom, Mom, she's 12. And my mom said, I don't care if she's nine. She's the marrying kind. So that kind of got me interested. And my girlfriend, uh, we broke up soon after that. And so then we kind of started dating, got engaged when you were 13. I was 16. Yeah. And uh, I actually gave you a ring. So some people think it was a secret engagement. It wasn't nope. a secret engagement. It was done in front of front of both parents, sets of parents. Yeah. It's your, it's your back to your parents' house for Christmas Eve. It shows you how dysfunctional. He was so romantic. He Ooh. had, I got to tell you about my engagement ring. He, I had no idea I was going to get it then. I was hoping I would, but, you know girl can hope and the box was huge and i thought oh he probably just you know yeah it's a phony box or something and every about every third gift i had something that was real and i could open 32 boxes later there was a can opener and then this can at the bottom of the box and i opened up the can and he had had my ring canned which i had no idea you could even do that so I was so excited. I was, was working so in a warehouse, so I, I got a great big box and wrapped, you know, smaller, I mean, real small box and then smaller box, and I mean, bigger box and bigger box, bigger box, 32 boxes. So that was kind of fun, uh, frustrating. So we're going to fast forward because we can tell those stories. What we really want to get to a little bit of help for people who might lis- be listening to us. And I don't know if it's helpful to think, oh, you should go out and find your mate at 12 or something. But we've been through a lot together. Yeah, we a have. lot of trials, and one of our mottos is that trials either bond you or they break you. And what do you think the difference is in the way that you go through a trial? How do you make sure the trial bonds you instead of breaks you? Oh, that's a great question. I think um, for us, trust and love. We're in the forefront of everything. Um, my reason, you knew, you would probably know exactly how I would respond to a situation, and I would know exactly how you would respond. I remember one time, one thing that sticks out in my mind was, you know, everybody probably knows that we had struggled in our business. Mm-hmm. Um, we were undercapitalized and Especially tried to in make the winters. things work. In the winter time, things were really tough when your customer base was really small, and I had made a mistake in our checkbook, and I put. Um, a check in as a deposit, recorded it as a deposit. Oh, I remember that. Instead, yeah. Remember that instead yeah. of a check. So it was a double whammy negative um, when it was twenty five thousand dollars. So not only do we not have the twenty five thousand dollars that I put down, but we we're actually negative. So it was like fifty thousand dollar error. And I remember the banker calling and and I said. There's got to be a mistake. I just made a $25,000 deposit, and then he said that was a $25,000 check. And, oh, I was crushed. I, yeah. I was, inside I was, like, so afraid to admit that I made a mistake, but I thought, I need to tell him because, obviously, he's going to find out. But just knowing that I wasn't going to be yelled at, I wasn't going to be chastised. I wasn't going to be thought less. So what, when you told me, how did I respond? <laughs> you can see tears streaming down my eyes, and you just came and you hugged me, and, we, and you said, we all make mistakes. We're going to get through this. We're gonna, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out together. 
I thought there was so much relief that just fell off my shoulders because, you know, in so many marriages, there could have been a huge argument, a huge name calling, I'm degrading, um, but you were just the opposite. You were so loving and so kind. And, and, and we got through it. We did. We did many times. What do you think the greatest lesson you learned in cultivating a healthy marriage, or maybe maybe one of the greatest lessons? So went through a lot of stuff. You were talking about, like, trust, communication, right? Transparency, honesty. Yeah, those are all huge. Yeah, and not keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I tell a lot of guys, like, you know, if you're masturbating in the shower and your wife doesn't know what you're doing, you're breaking trust. Yeah. If you're hiding money in your wallet or your purse from your husband or wife, you're breaking trust. Yeah. And trust is the foundation of a healthy marriage. What do you think the greatest lesson that you've learned in cultivating a healthy marriage? We just kind of said one of them right there. I think... Trust and honesty um, is is huge. Um, there's nothing there's nothing greater than being honest with one another. When you try to cover something up, it never works, and it just you know builds untrust in your in your in your partner and your spouse. And um, being just up up front is going to be the best response that you can have mm-hmm. to any situation you're in, no matter what the consequences are. I mean, and some of the consequences, you know. If were hard for me mm-hmm. that I had to face. It doesn't mean because you're truthful that things are going to be easy. You're, there's still a consequence mm-hmm. to have to pay. Um, yeah. But it strengthens you, and it strengthens your, your relationship with your your husband or your wife, your yeah. child, whoever it is that you're going through that with. Yeah. It, having an uh, honest, trusting relationship is work. Like you said, yeah, because you is. have the fear that if you're transparent and honest, that your spouse will use it against you in the next argument. Mm-hmm. And yet, it becomes an argument when you aren't honest and you aren't yeah. trustworthy. Yeah, there's just so much that stems out of fear. Yeah, you know, fear is not our friend. Yeah, at all. It's a relationship killer. It is, and the enemy wants to try and instill fear in every relationship. Yeah. You know, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, to cause division, to break up the unity that, you know, Christ had mm-hmm. died for. Yeah. I, w- I would add to that, like, humility in confessing when you're wrong. Mm-hmm. That's hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I, I think that um, honesty has to be, has to be, include confession. Like, I think that. When you're wrong, if you're quick to admit it, it actually dispels a lot of arguments. And sometimes you don't know you're wrong until you have you're having a dialogue, right? You're having a passionate discussion. I yeah, can remember that's true. Especially for me, I'm kind of a ready, shoot, aim kind of person, and you're you're very you're very careful and uh, and what's the word I'm looking for? Calculated. You're calculated. You're calculated, so you make less mistakes. So. Sometimes you'd be like, you did this wrong, and I'd be like, no, I didn't, and we'd be in this passionate dialogue. And then in the middle of it, I would realize I was wrong. Then I, then I have to decide, am I going to admit it, or am I going to go, well, I just don't want to have this conversation, and walk off. And I think, and sometimes I would do that. But in the end, I'd, I'd have to come back, or you'd have to come back and say, mm-hmm. 
you know, that conversation we just had, I could see your point. I really was wrong about that. That level of humility really bonds you. Well, it builds respect. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Um, okay. I had a nervous breakdown lasted three and a half years, really. Uh, super difficult time. And you were a great support. What advice would you give um, to another young person? Actually, you know, to any spouse, really, because, you know, people have crisis in, in their late years, too, mm-hmm. not just in their early years. Ours happened to be, the worst one was actually in our early years. Early years, yeah. But in a challenging situation like that, what advice would you give to people? Their their husband or their wife is in a you know in some kind of a terrible crisis. In our case, it was you know emotional, mm-hmm. mental, and spiritual. And you um, you were a rock in that in that season for me. What 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 were you thinking? Were you scared? Um, oh yeah, I was really scared. Um, you know, I was. Only married two I, years. No, we weren't even married two years. It was only a year. It was when I was pregnant. Yeah, that's right. At the end of your eight, we were eighth month pregnant when we started. So maybe a year and a half in. Yeah. So it. Um, yeah, I was. I was really scared. I had no idea what was going on. There wasn't a whole lot of people to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I was young. I was a kid having kids. Mm-hmm. You were super young. I didn't understand. Um, I think the big thing that I learned from all that was, you know, whoever it is that's going through that breakdown, it's real to them. And even though things don't seem rash, didn't seem rational to me, Yeah, they were very real. They weren't rational to you. They were very real yeah. to you. And so... They weren't irrational to me. They were real. They were... That's yeah. so what I'm saying. They were yeah. real to you. They were... You know, it was a lot of irrational fear yeah. to me that I was seeing, but it was very real to you. Yeah. And so for me, I think the big thing, the biggest thing that I could do was to be an encourager to you, knowing that this was not going to last. It was something that you were going to move through. Yeah, you were great at that. Um, and then constantly feeding it back to you because I can remember telling you that and it would be, I could see in your eyes, well, yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. And then five minutes later, you're back in this loop again of asking, yeah. what's wrong with me? Am I ever going to get better? Yeah, I was looping a lot. Yeah. And, you know, when you were at work, you were great as long as your mind was fixed better, on yeah. something. Yeah, a lot better. So one of the things that we did was, do you remember painting? Yeah, we tried. We, we tried things at home just to stay keep busy. Your mind, yeah, mm-hmm. your mind off of things. And really encouraging. And I think, like, I would say, too, like, you said that you were afraid, but you didn't act afraid in that time. And you maybe it was like you were too young and ignorant to know that it could have gone really wrong, really, really bad. But you also had that, I'd, I'm not saying you weren't afraid, but you also had that youth enthusiasm, like you knew it was going to be okay. Yeah, I had faith that it was going to be okay. And you, yeah, you, you also had a deep trust in God. Yeah, I think one of the things that we um, avow that we made each other right before we got married is that if one of us was down the other one had to be up yeah we couldn't be down at the same time and i held true to those you did. Um, and you've held true to those all our years of marriage except for i was down for nearly three and a half years so you had to be up every day 
and uh, so it wasn't it wasn't a fair fight back then. It's more fair now. There's we, nothing we write it fair. Out now. There's nothing fair in marriage. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful statement. There's nothing fair in marriage. It's mm-hmm. not fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's eighty twenty. Well, it's always a hundred a hundred from the standpoint of what you're saying, right? Because it's like I'm laying down my life a hundred percent, and you're laying down your life a hundred percent, and you may take my whole hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's on the table. Like here, it's uh, metaphorically. Here's all the money of my life. Yeah, and it's yours. And you're like, here's all the money of my life. And so, I may, as you're you're pointing out, like I may take twenty percent of it. Yeah, but I also may take a hundred percent of it. But I'm not stealing it because you actually laid it down. Yeah, no, and I think that's, that's, that's a beautiful part. Yeah, you're you you want to ask me a couple of questions? So why don't you do that before we end? So, um, you know, we've been married for 46 years plus, and what would you say the foundations of a successful marriage are? Uh, well, you've mentioned so many of them already, but, you know, I think um, one of the things I learned early on, this is when we were dating, I, I don't even know if you actually know this for sure, probably heard me say it at one time, but uh, we had become Christians towards the end of our courtship, right? Yeah. Like, I think the year before, maybe a year and a half-ish yeah. before. And so I was learning so fast because, I, you know, we when we got born again, we were both radicals. We're like, Jesus is everything to us. Mm-hmm. And then I lost feelings for you for like six months. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, you lost that love and feeling. I mean, that wasn't just a song that the Righteous Brothers sang. That was a culture. And so I was like, and I felt uh, it, it, one, of, one of the very first things that happened to me in my relationship with the Lord, like listening, is um, I, I felt the Lord say, you know, just you know, stay in there, you know, stay in the relationship, and and I was like, gosh, I'm moving towards marriage with someone that I I, I don't feel anything for. I did not love her. I just didn't feel any any anything. And uh, and then at, at six months later, it would just like turn back on, and I I, I learned in that season that love. It, it inspires feelings, but it's not a feeling. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the Lord said to me, I took away the feeling so that you could learn how to really love. And I think that, I think learning how, I, I, you know, I, I, I kind of coined this phrase a year ago, and it came out of a, it came out of a, conf, um, I'm sorry, a counseling session I did with someone else. I said, do what you do when, when you're feeling it, when you don't. Do what you do when you're feeling it when you don't and you have a great marriage. And meaning when you're feeling love and you're feeling lovey-dovey, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this for him. I'm going to do this for her. That's all awesome. But can you do it when you don't have feelings? That's the, that is the sign of a great relationship. And that's not just for marriage, right? It's, it's for our friendships. It's for everything. Like It's for parenting. Can I be a great parent when I don't feel like being around my kids today? I mean, that's the difference between a good parent and a great parent that's the difference between a great friendship and a, and maybe a good or bad friendship. And it's definitely the key to a great marriage because you won't have great feelings every day when you live with someone 24-7. Mm-hmm. You just won't. And It's not that love isn't there. It's like in a storage box someplace, and you've got to like pull it out and, and, and operate. Yeah, speaking of a good marriage, how, how was it when we started having kids for you? Like, our first child. It's hard. I, I have to say, like, um, remember we were very young. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Kathy wanted children right away. I didn't. 
Um, uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with it because I wasn't resentful when we had our first baby. Uh, we agreed together for us to get pregnant. It wasn't an accident. We were taking birth control and we stopped the birth control. So I was very aware what we were doing. But I don't think I was ready. I, I think we got pregnant so early and we were having so much fun before that. That because uh, we had dated for four and a half years. Yeah, and I think you know I was the center of your world. Yeah, and the center of our social world. Mm-hmm. A lot of our social world, right? Because my, you know, the funny personality, outgoing person, and you were kind of more in the quiet, quiet. Always been kind of the quiet in the background person. And then when the baby came, and a hundred percent, we'll say ninety percent of your attention was on the baby. Mm-hmm. And everybody who came over, every friend we had was the baby, the baby, the baby. And I was used to being the center of your attention for sure. Mm-hmm. And really the center of, you know, the center of a lot of attention when we our friends would come over. And that evaporated in one minute. I mean, one day it evaporated. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I have to say that I was having feelings that I didn't know what to do with. And, uh, you know, I was, like, resenting the baby and couldn't figure out, like, how do I love this kid so much? Because I had a parental fatherly love for her. Yeah, and for me, the feelings that I was feeling was, well, surely he understands. This child, you know, he's an adult. He should understand. Yeah. I'm tired. I was getting up. I was nursing her, so I was getting up. And she would wake up every hour and a half, and it was my first one. So I didn't have any idea of what to do. Yeah, so sex and intimacy kind of goes out the door because you're – you're exhausted all the time. Yeah, but surely you should have understood that because you're the adult. Yeah, you know, is was my thinking. But it didn't. But I didn't, and and so you know, it probably was you know, and again, nervous breakdown in the midst of that did mm-hmm. certainly didn't help because I was having my own fear struggles. But I finally did have a conversation with one of my mentors, and I'm you know, in tears, confided like, why do I resent this child we've waited for, and I I love her so much. And he explained to me, like, well, you used to be the center of attention. You probably got a lot of significance from being center of attention. And um, I was like, oh, yeah. And I'll say it didn't immediately, like, go away. But it it did. It You know, it's hard to fight an enemy you don't know. You don't know what you don't know what enemy you're fighting. But that really helped you when you heard that because it helped. We had we had three children in four years. So we were, you know, I was either constantly pregnant or having a, another child. Yeah. And so the demands on me were even greater. And I remember you coming to me one afternoon, just sitting down and talking through how you were feeling. Yeah. And that, that really helped because I, I really didn't understand how you were feeling. Mm-hmm. All I could see was my side of everything. Yeah. And it, it really helped that I, re, I, you know, I didn't remember that till you just said that, to be honest, yeah. but I do remember, you know, in tears saying, you know, I feel bad for feeling bad. But I feel like I'm a stranger in my own house. Yeah. And I think it helped you too because even though it didn't change dramatically, uh, it's like the acknowledgement and uh, that we needed connection was really helpful for you too. And realizing like, hey, you have children, but you still have a husband that wants to spend time with you and connect. Mm-hmm. And uh, it probably was... I mean, realistically, it was three years or four years of trying to figure out, like, I was a husband, now I'm a dad. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
there wasn't a manual that came with these kids. No. <laughs> and I, you know, and I, I, I was struggling. And I have to say that I was a great, I think I was, I became a really great dad. But, yeah. but when the kids were really little, uh, it, I'd say, like, especially in infants, I wasn't the best dad. Like, I was still trying to figure out how to be a dad. Yeah, well, you were pretty young. I was very young. As they began to walk and talk, I got more and more bonded. And I'd say Jamie, our first, became a real daddy's girl. So that, that yeah. helped. Because every time I walked in the house from work, she wanted to be 100% with dad. So I think that helped. That, that took the place of feeling um, invisible mm-hmm. because of her, her, um, her bonding to me. Mm-hmm. I think that really helped a lot. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So in just a few words, what do you feel like um, your greatest attributes are as a husband? Well, I, I don't know what the greatest ones are. I've always felt the responsibility to lead my family spiritually. Yeah. And Amazing I've at that. Taken um, that very seriously in our life. And, you know, I want my kids to catch me reading the Bible. And I want my kids to catch me praying. Yeah. I don't want to like, I don't want to be on a soapbox. I just want them to catch me praying. Mm-hmm. And I want them to catch me doing the right thing when it doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, when someone stole our business, my kids, were, our kids were teenagers, and I wanted them to see what forgiveness looks like, and not not hate. Yeah. And so you know, I've always taken responsibility, even to this day of our grandkids, like making sure that they love God as the most important part of our life. So I'd say yeah. that's, I don't know if I'm great at it, but I know but you it, are. I know I'm super serious about it. That are, I, The most important thing in my life is that all of my kids and, and my family would love God. I don't, I earnestly don't care what they do as far as their jobs. If they became a priest or they became, you know, they became a welder. Like, I have no passion for them to be, have a certain career. My passion is for them to live completely abandoned to God. That's my, that's my only passion. And for you and I to model that. I think for me, your whole family knows how loved they are by you. And that's something that you go out of your way to do is to make sure people know that they're loved by you. Yeah, well, so mostly. <laughs> my strong personality sometimes, uh, you know, uh, as one of my granddaughters said the other day, Papa, you always have the hard conversations. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you mean by that, but, I, but that's true. Well, I love you. I love you. Thanks for taking the time to do the podcast with me. Thanks for having me on. And I'm so excited for your book. Like, static. Ready for the next one. You too. Mm-hmm.